We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create daily fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. Download it today at nohalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Friday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. The Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate us or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, are you ready to get some balling going on Friday? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, so we got how many games here? I'd say 22 teams in action here. Any initial thoughts on you know adjustments that we need to make from Wednesday to Thursday before we get cracking here on the Friday slate? Um, you mean as far as players? Yes. Uh, to be honest with you, not really, but I also haven't looked too hard at the NBA slate for tonight since we did the other day. Um, I usually do that. You know, probably around like four o'clock that night, and obviously, I mean, we say all the time you got to look and see who's in and who's out and what kind of value that opens up. So I usually wait a little bit closer to game time to start getting that information because that's usually when a lot of it comes out. All right, fair enough. Um, And we're going to sort of keep tabs on some of these players that um, we've been, you know, sort of keeping an eye on all week. Which JJ Redick, Clay Thompson is probable Mm. for tonight, but we'll see if he is able to, you know, make it through um, the game. 
uh, healthy because he's on the on tap the next day um, at home against Chicago. And by the way, um, Jimmy Butler, did you see the comments that Jimmy Butler made uh, uh, today about Steph Curry? No, I didn't hear the comments. What was he, it? He said, I would like Coach to give me Steph Curry as the defensive assignment. I was like, very interesting because I love Jimmy Butler as a defender. But I don't know if you know what you're asking for, <laughs> you know. Like, but you is, know what? You gotta like. You gotta like that he's willing to step up and and, and take that challenge. Though, yes. I mean, I would much rather see him guard him than Heinrich or Aaron Brooks. So, if you're gonna try to stop him, I mean, Jimmy Butler's probably that guy that you want to put on him. I'm not saying that he will stop him, but at the very least, he's he's gonna make it a tougher time for him. Yeah, you know what though? I think this is that's one of those things when you're talking about the best player in the league and Steph Curry that you just sort of just keep between you and your coach. You know, like you don't need to really proclaim that in the press because then you just what you did is you just gave some extra juice for Steph Curry who hasn't needed any, you know, this season because he's been hands down the MVP in the league, the 12 and 0 and he's mm-hmm. the primary reason why. So th- all all fair points yeah, there, but you like You don't need you don't need the bulletin board fodder for right. uh, you don't, you don't need to give a star player an extra reason to be motivated. Yeah, exactly. No reason at all to juice that guy up. Okay, so uh, that was just my own, my only personal take on the whole deal. So we'll see how that ends up panning out. I'll, I'll definitely be keeping tabs on that for the Friday action. So let's go ahead and dive in uh, right off the top like we always do at the point guard position. Um, you know, I don't know about this guy, Russell Westbrook. He's this, I think he, his production might be tailing off here a little bit, Benny. He only got nine rebounds and only eight assists. He had 14 assists. Uh, you know, in Memphis, and he had 17 rebounds on the 13th. So I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I want to, I'm a little bit disappointed by the 68 <laughs> fantasy points on DraftKings because it's it's down. It's down from 72, Benny. So, I mean, am, am I wrong to be greedy here? Um, Yes, you're definitely wrong. <laughs> I mean, obviously, listen, I mean, I, I said it last time, and if you listened to me last night, you had a guy on your roster who put up 70 points. When Kevin Durant is out, you play Russell Westbrook. Now, it doesn't mean you can't figure out other ways to build a roster if you decide to fade Westbrook, yep. especially on a night like yes, last night where there were 10 teams playing or a night like this Friday that we're talking about where there's 11 teams playing. There are many ways to build a winning roster. I just choose to take the easy route and put Westbrook in and then build the rest of the roster around them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that my way is right or somebody else's way is wrong. If you're somebody who thinks that you can still build a 300, you know, roster, it can be done using guys not named Russell Westbrook. Right, but I prefer to do things the easy way, so I'm going to be using Russell Westbrook in my point guard again on Friday, all, unless his price gets ridiculous. All fair. Well, I mean, it already is sort of ridiculous, but it hasn't mattered. You know, but so. it's not it's not ridiculous based on his production. No, it is. If it gets to 14k. Well, you know what? I can't really assume the guy's going to get 85 points a game, you know, 85 fantasy points a game. That would be, you know, pretty epic. Well, have you ever seen a 14K player on the NBA? I have not, by the way. I I think Westbrook was in the 13s last year. He was. I think that was the highest I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else in the 13s, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody higher than that. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I wanted to sort of give people like a reference point for where DraftKings sort of drew the line on on the production here. So um, he had that, for whatever reason, after he started going, you know, you know, just in monster with with these lineups, he did tail off a little bit, sort of hit the wall. And some of that had happened on the road at San Antonio and Utah. And he was priced at 13-2 for two games. And he came up with 
um, a you know 33 fantasy point game against San Antonio on the road, and then um, you know bounced back with 53 fantasy points. Um, you know after the price sort of came down uh, uh, to to 12 nine. So there's a ceiling there, but just for reference here too. 53 fantasy points is still four times um, the price tag, which is not obviously not optimal, but there aren't a lot of guys on your roster who are still going to get you 50-plus fantasy points. Uh, so um, this is a good thing. This is what I would like to do for stat news, by the way, too. What I want to do is actually sort of query um, what he averaged uh, as a uh, in, in fantasy points per game. I don't know if they gave me the right number last time. I think it actually did. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to query that, and we'll, and we'll move on. Well, while I'm looking up that number, I'll, I'll try to figure out what he averaged um, in that month, which I believe here was looks like March of last year, where he w- went into the yeah super ridiculous super ridiculous Westbrook mode. Yes, yeah. that, that's where the, the the apex of the price was. So I'm going to pull those numbers up, and then I'll I'll pull up. It looks like it carried over into yeah. I'll, too. I was going to say I'll talk about a couple other guys who I'm looking at here. Um, you know, Isaiah Thomas in a game against Brooklyn, who hasn't been defending point guards well. I mean, again, this guy's been unbelievable lately. He's been putting up 40 DraftKings points, so he's somebody you can look at. Um, moving further down the list, I also like, um, let's see, who do we have here? I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul on this day. You know, Steph Curry is always good, but his price is getting up there. He's playing, a, you know, the Chicago team. He could see the Jimmy Butler defense, so I don't think this is an upside game for him. So while he's always in play in tournaments, I don't think he'd be somebody I'd look at in cash. If I'm going to pay an exorbitant price, I'd probably rather do it for Russell Westbrook. Um, Damian Lillard hasn't been playing tremendously. I don't think he's been paying off his price tag. Same thing kind of goes for Lowry. They're just a little too expensive for me. Uh, Kemba Walker somebody who I don't hate going up against Philly. Basically, everybody's been doing well against Philly. Uh, you know, Indiana last night basically dominated that team, so... I think you can look at anybody on Charlotte as being somebody you would tick up in this game. Uh, even Brandon Knight, who, again, I never get this guy right, but going up against Denver is a good matchup for him, so he could be somebody to look at there. And then the last guy is somebody that I've been using a lot, and I know a lot of people don't like him as much as I do, but Mike Conley's been very solid for the price tag that they're asking for him. Going up against Houston, you know, Houston does play at a little bit of a higher pace, although not as high as people expect from them based on you know, the points they score and how they play. But uh, they do play it a little bit faster than other teams. Um, I don't think I like many of the cheap options. I wouldn't go down to a guy like TJ McConnell. He's gotten too expensive for me. Um, you know, Smart is somebody who's just a little too erratic for me. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Jared Jack, actually. He's had some pretty decent games lately. Yeah. Boston plays at a fast pace, so he could be somebody that I would look at. Um, I can't play Jeremy Lin, but, I mean, he has basically been very good lately. Yes, so he he's been somebody who's, you know, paying off his salary at the very least. Right. Uh, so that's probably pretty much about sums it up for all the guys I'm looking at at the point guard spot. You know, you can look at some of the cheapies like uh, Ish Schmidt's been playing pretty well. Uh, Corey Joseph, Patty Mills went nuts last night. 
Um, you know, so some of those guys are the are the cheap, cheap options if you really need them to as well at the point guard spot. Yeah, you know what I'm going to be taking a look at here is I want to get exposure, if at all possible, to the L.A. Lakers um, in terms of, you know, the, their opponent. And Kyle Lowry is, is fairly expensive. He's 8,300, but it's one of the best matchups on the board with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, their bottom three in point guard defense uh, for, you know, 2015 season. Uh, the other two teams you, you want to you know, target if you can are Orlando at the point guard and um the pelicans and i'm trying to see if we have either of these teams on the roster here i'll san antonio but i really don't like prefer tony parker because we saw what patty mills did and actually tony parker had a pretty good game too but you know i never really trust tony parker's production and if it looks like i'm reading this right orlando is not on the slate for friday so kemba walker if you're going to pay down a little bit from russell Westbrook, and i know it's not uh, the, the the optimal cost savings um but that's a uh, the spot I definitely feel comfortable with. If you want to go down to a little bit further here for 7700 as of the uh, Wednesday pricing here, um, was that Wednesday or Tuesday for Reggie Jackson? It was Tuesday, the 17th. 7700 and it's a great, very good matchup against Ricky Rubio. Uh, then don't trust all the numbers that you see with Ricky Rubio here because they're actually what it looks like, I think, 11th worst in the league which is bad still but not and not great not in the top half of the league in point guard defense mm-hmm. um, in terms of dvp but ricky rubio has missed a, uh, a number of these games and he's to me a much worse defender than uh zach levine or any other combinations they've been rolling out ha- over the past week so i do like a lot of shares of reggie jackson against minnesota and you see what's been happening with minnesota too they've been play- playing some paced up games uh well in the 200s so reggie jackson is a guy that i can i can make a case for uh just to flip back here to russell westbrook and you know to just put a bow on the analysis here in march of last year he was averaging 60.7 fantasy points per game which is absolutely monster and then you take a look at where the price sort of sat for the majority of the month you started out march paying 11.7 and you ended the month paying 12.9 so if we just sort of called it uh you know 12k 12.2 um is you know which is where we're currently at um that's sort of the um you know, production you can sort of trust. And just as a quick reference point, let's go right in the middle and say here, you know, let's say that you paid 12.5, okay? He, if he gave you 61 and a half fancy points, that's just under five times your value, all right? But I, I'm, I'll say this. I'm a little bit less concerned about grabbing, you know, 5X value um, when you get a, a guy who puts up points like that in the 60s. Yeah, so, agreed. So there, there you have that. You're going to the other thing too that you need to do is you're going to have hot, top level production almost every time out with the Russell Westbrook. And if you fade him, especially in cash, you know you're you're sort of behind the eight ball if he goes off like he has been. So I don't want to do that to myself. I understand if you want to you know go away from it in in, in GPPs and try to create a lineup. Otherwise, that can save you that you feel like you can get more like a bigger piece of the pie to go well above 300 and win your GPP. Um, especially on DraftKings, but that's going to be my personal approach to that. Now, sliding down here at the point guard position, how far down can we draw the line in terms of who you're willing to use and save cash on? I mean, like I said, the guys who I'm looking at towards the bottom, you know, probably a guy like Ish Smith is probably the lowest. Mm -hmm. He's been actually playing really well, putting up some pretty good numbers, and he's at like 5,000-ish, I think. Um, That's probably the floor for me as of now, unless I hear of some you know, injury news that really opens up a pathway for somebody really cheap. Did you just say Ish is 5,000-ish? Yeah, I think he is 5,000-ish, <laughs> which is pretty uh, 
pretty good fitting. for him. Yeah. Well, 5,500-ish. Yeah, there you go. What he uh, ended up listing at. And he did... Um, uh, he's been in and out of the lineup in terms of starters, but if you take a look at the minutes over the past, let's going back all the way back to November 6th, 34, 32, 27, 38, 23, 21, then back up to 37 and, and 33. So he's been pro- about 30 minutes per game and paying off 5x uh, on the price tag in those 30-minute spots looks, looks like 6 out of 8. Two duds in the middle there where he played 23 and 21 minutes. Um, both on the road, one against a good team in, in the Toronto, one against a not-so-good team in New York. But very consistent value and very cheap. So I, that's a great call there. It wasn't exactly on my radar. And I'm going to be with you, and I'll draw my line um, b- below there. I just want to do a little public service announcement, sort of like what you did yesterday, um, related to the Rockets here and saying, don't play Jason Terry, okay? Yes. Don't fall for that, please. All right, I understand that he's minimum priced, and you don't need really anything for him to do, um, you know what he did. But in an overtime game where he played 28 minutes, he, you know, he did he barely hit 5x. Okay, he hit 5.3x, but five points, four rebounds, three assists, and one steal. This guy is not very good, and I don't expect him to get a ton of minutes. And something else should happen. Um, in this in this spot with Jason Terry, like Patrick Beverly being in the lineup, he would be a better overall option or figuring out a way to make Ty Lawson work, um, you know, back in in the starting lineup. So the, you know, the the minutes are pretty uneven. I know that he's been recently announced as a starter and he can pop up in a GPP for, for min salary, but in general, I don't think you're not going to be happy with the production that you get. You can easily get a you know an eight minute dud like you got on the 11th where he did nothing, like literally nothing one field goal attempt and he missed it as well as you can get something where he went for the 19 and five against Dallas in 26 minutes. So if you really feel like gambling, great. I think there's much better GPP options and he doesn't have, you know, 40 point upside at all in, in there. There's just, he's never going to get that many shots. So uh, I would much rather take a gamble on your boy, Jeremy Lin or, you know, Marcus Smart, Jordan Clarkson, TJ McConnell, any of these other guys who are, are, who can actually get into 30 minute range even Zach Levine in short minutes I would rather play than, you know, 47-year-old Jason Terry. So mm-hmm. there you have that. I know people sort of sort of like, you know, start salivating when they see min salary guys into the starting lineup. This yeah. this isn't one of those situations well, for me. Tonight tonight is actually another good example of that. I've had a bunch of people ask me today, do I play Paul Pierce cuz Paul Pierce is supposed to be getting a start. Yeah. Paul Pierce can't play 35 minutes anymore. No. So you're not going to get can... huge upside out of him. So he may pay off 20 if he plays you know, 24 minutes, which would kind of be a stretch, I think, for him. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, what's the upside? It's like what you're talking about. If you can't get any upside out of a guy, just because he's cheap isn't a reason to play him. Right. You know, if you're playing some of these guys that are cheap, you, you even want more than 6x out of them, especially if you know that you're going to play a guy like Westbrook and, you know, you're going to be happy with 5x, 60 points out of Westbrook. You're going to need to make up some points at the bottom. So look for those 3 or 4K guys that could get you maybe 7 or 8 times value. That's really what you want. I absolutely agree with you 100%. So great point there. All right, let's go ahead and flip forward to the small – I'm sorry, to the shooting guard position here. We've got James Harden who magically woke up from a slumber. Not a great matchup for him on the slate against Memphis on the road. And mm-hmm. a, couple, a couple of their top options – uh, for today, including the aforementioned Jimmy Butler playing with the Golden State Warriors. He um, uh, produced very nicely. That's the first time I, I recommended him on 120 Sports, and he came up with a 45-point uh, performance for 5.8x, so I was very happy about that call. Um, are you in on Jimmy Butler, and who else do you like for the shooting guard position for Friday? 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to play Harden, he's more of a tournament option for me because he can do what he did yesterday. And as good as Russell Westbrook played yesterday, you were better off fading Westbrook and taking Harden yesterday. So he's somebody that's always in play on that end. You know, that's about all I want to really say about it. I don't like the matchup against Memphis either. But again, he can go for 60, 70 points against anybody when he feels like playing. I do actually really like Jimmy Butler, and he's the one I want to talk about a little more. If you guys remember last season, when Derrick Rose was out, Jimmy Butler was playing so well that people were literally talking about him as the MVP in the league at the time. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Okay, so what situation are we in right now? What is Derrick Rose doing? Oh, wait, that's right. Mm -hmm. Derrick Rose is out. Mm -hmm. So that basically tells me it's kind of like the Westbrook and Durant thing. Why do I keep telling you guys play Westbrook every day? Because Durant is out. And we've seen when Durant is out, Westbrook turns into an absolute fantasy sports monster. So when when Derrick Rose is out, Jimmy Butler for a time last year did the same thing. He's still priced like a guy who's another one of the multiple options on a team. But really we know two things. We know that his minutes are going to increase, his usage is going to increase. Therefore, his fantasy score is going to increase because he already is a guy who scores across the board points for you. And now you're also adding to the fact that he's going to be playing extra minutes and he's going to have the ball in his hand more. So until his price really comes up into like the high 8K range, I think he's a guy that you can roll out there almost every day because he's going to be getting you 40 plus fantasy points, you know, five and a half, six times value and, you know, doing it still at a price that it's cheaper than you're going to find that at a lot of other positions. Fair enough. I think that's uh, something that you can definitely consider here. Now, who's going to be in your cash game group uh, among this? Among the, we've named some of the top options here. Are you expanding uh, uh, this at all to some other players? I know Will Barton was a guy that was on your radar as well, yep. and you know he's done a, a very fine job. Four straight games of paying five x or higher, mm-hmm. and the you know twenty five fantasy points landed exactly on 5x and he's been you know 7.5x plus in the three games previous to that um and oh, by the way too that was a game against the san antonio spurs so uh, on the road and and he still meets 5x at the you know discount price of 5100 so um uh, you know those people who are you know sort of worried about if the, if the you know bloom fell off the rose for and i'm just going to throw that game out against the spurs i like to do that against everybody do you agree when you sort of see uh the spurs on the on the the slate and you look at the game log and you say oh yeah bad performance but it was the spurs i do that quite often yeah and you know what it's also a good way to get guys that are lower owned because some people don't bother to look that deep into it you know what i mean and see well was there a reason why the guy didn't play well did he have a tough matchup did he get in foul trouble that's you know did something actually happen they just look at the game log and say oh he had he had a bad game i'm not going to play this guy again so I think there is some merit in doing that and finding some, you know, underused gems. Now, let me ask you a question because here's basically where it is when you come down today for me. I agree with you on Will Barton. You know, I talked about him yesterday. He's a guy that I really like. Will Barton was 5,100 yesterday, though, and Rodney Hood was Mm 4,800. Hood has played 30-something minutes basically in the last five games. Right. Whereas Barton's been a little more erratic. Barton kind of comes off the bench sometimes, you know, sometimes he plays 30 minutes, sometimes he plays 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So for 300 less, would you rather have Hood or would you rather have Barton? Because I think, in my opinion, I think I'm kind of leaning more towards Hood, which is why I'm a little bit off Barton. If I'm, you know, going to be using one of the two, it's probably Hood for me. All right, well, let me take a look here. You know, because they're... um... 
ranked like right next to each other in the projections for one. Yeah, they're yeah. they're very they're very close. That's what I'm saying. Is there and the thing is the price is very close too. Right. So when you get down to that spot, that's kind of going to be the decision you have to make. So that's why I'm saying if it was me looking at the two of them right now, I think I have Hood a little bit ahead of Barton. Although I mean, I'm not going to argue if anybody chooses it the other way either because I think there's merit to both of them. I just think, you know, people are going to be in that range and that's the decision that they're going to make so we can give them a little bit of an idea of you know, why we choose one over the other. And for me, I think it has to come down to, I think I feel like the minutes for Hood are a little bit safer. And, I mean, he's been gunning when he's been in there. Not that Barton hasn't been either, though. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're both very, very close. Right. But if, you have, if you're putting a gun to my head and saying, you got one spot left, you love the rest of your roster, you have 5,100, you can afford either one of them, I think I'm going to roll with Hood. All right, so this is you know what I actually have a different answer, okay? And I wanted to, and, okay. I'll, and I'll explain why. And I want to tell you how I approach this as well, okay? Um, I think we mentioned this um, in previous. I'm, this is a very good question because this is something you can sort of dive into, and we get into the strategy part of it rather and, than just why we like a player, okay? Yeah, and it's also something that I think people are going to wind up in this spot when they're making their rosters. Right. So it's good for them to hear it too and hear both sides of the argument. Absolutely, and I think that you're going to come with, come up with a guy in the end here who's who's cash game eligible in your rosters too. So that's this is an important point. So one, I'm always looking at the total, okay? And we don't have the total for Friday, but we can do just a quick projection. We know Denver and Phoenix have been, you know, scoring in the well 200s. And then you have, uh, let's see here, um, Rodney Hood facing Dallas. Dallas is on the road. Will Barton is at home. So one edge to Barton. I think second edge is probably going to be the total uh, mm-hmm. uh, up to Barton. Okay, Hood is a starter and has the potential to play a few more minutes. So there's one... Um, piece of an edge there um as well um if i'm taking a look at the defensive matchup they're both probably bad matchups i i'm guessing without taking without looking at the numbers and i'm going to dig up the numbers now i think i would rather play wes matthews who probably isn't uh you know 100 percent overall versus uh a fully healthy eric bledsoe at the shooting guard position and let's see if the numbers back that up so we're sliding here here phoenix is actually in the bottom 10 right now in um, shooting guard defense. So that might be related to the pace, which is one of the higher ones in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who are we looking at? Dallas as well. Uh, Dallas is in the top 10 in in uh, shooting guard defense. So uh, there's another edge that would go towards um, Will Barton in that spot. Um, and then the last thing I, I, I want to mention too here is because you have uh, Rodney Hood and Alec Burks both in that same role, both shooting guards, both say, fighting for the same minutes. Both of them actually have been producing, and believe it or not, in our projections that we're looking at, Benny, Burks is actually the guy projected for the highest uh, point total for Friday. That, mm. to me, is a little bit of a knock on Hood. Okay. Um, the, the one other thing I'll, too, take a look at here is just diving a little bit further. Um, all things considered, if we feel like I've, we've looked at the total, we've looked at the match, defensive matchups and you've sort of the minutes and all that stuff sort of shakes out the same, I'm always going to lean with the home player versus the road guy. And we, you know how it goes as a coach. You, you, you get your home you know, friendly calls. There's sat, I wish I could find the report that, that, that's out there. I'm going to try to maybe Google search and dig it up. But like, you know, it's just widely known that you get more free throws from the refs or calls when you're at home versus on the road. You understand that as a coach, and, and yeah. you believe in that, correct? Well, you know what it is, too? I mean, referees are people, so they get caught up in the atmosphere as much as anybody else right. does. And, and there's obviously pressure to make calls that are sort of close that yeah. could have maybe went the other way on the road. And you, know? and you get the reaction of the home crowd is yes. the one that you hear, and so most right. of the time those, you know, oohs and ahs and oh, man. Better blow that whistle. You know, yeah, otherwise I'm... Uh, 
you know, you're on that side of the floor. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually a real thing. We're not just, you know, you know, voicing our sentiment. And like I said, if I dig up that report and I find it, I'll tweet it out. Um, the last thing I will say too here is if you take a look at Will Barton and Rodney Hood, um, Rodney Hood is, like you said, a pure scorer. And he, he's done a decent amount of rebounding here, but he's not a great rebounder overall. He had a zero rebound game in 36 minutes against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's come up with you know games of one, three, two, three rebounds. He has been assisting uh, better than last year, and he's a, he does a good um, uh, uh, job of you know at least getting over one steal per, at least in the November for the season. But if you take a look at Will Barton's lines, he is a guy who's actually hit double-digit double rebounds. His floor for rebounds is right around four or higher and he's had um you know let's see here three games out of the last seven or eight where he's had four or more assists and he's chipping with steals and blocks so he's just a more complete shooting guard that chips in in other areas and when you have a game like the spurs uh yesterday where he only scores nine points in 21 minutes but he gives you four rebounds five assists a steal and a block that's how he's still able to meet 5x value versus if he rodney that happened to rodney hood he might only score nine points but not give you the the five assists and the extra stat categories you need to save uh value on that price tag so will barton to me is a more complete player and the other you know the total of him being at home and not having to share minutes with Alec Burks, who's a higher projected player among the three, um, is the reason why I'm going to go with Will Barton. Does that make sense? It does, but allow me one second to retort. Okay. And I really only need two words. All right. Gary Harris. <laughs> because yeah. honestly, if we're we're talking about shooting guards here, yeah. so if you guys need a punch shooting guard right now, Harris is the guy that I have written down, which is also part of the reason why I think. I think I fear he's a little bit more of a threat to Barton. You know, not that Burks isn't a threat to Hood, but yeah. you had Gary Harris playing basically 30 minutes in the last two games, putting up 30 and 24 fantasy points and doing it for just a little bit over 3K at 3,400. Yes, he has stepped his game up. But, yeah, until, so, but, until, but this, is a, this is a super small sample. Okay, I'm gonna give him. Oh, po- agree. I'm gonna give him a lot of points against the Spurs because that's a, that's a nice performance for him to put up almost seven x and eight x. But if you take a look at the, some of the game logs, so he's been pretty uneven with some of these matchups, and this is the thing that concerns me with Gary Harris as a young player in the league. Okay, um, you take a look at him; he's gotten t- twenty plus minutes the majority of the time, but he's only hit thirty minutes once, so that's part that's part of the problem. Right. Um, but it's also you know something that cuts into Will Barton's minutes, so I I understand right. that piece. Mm-hmm. And but you you know what we have here? I don't like the fact that since uh yeah since the beginning of the season on October twenty eighth, we have here what uh, I'm going to roughly guess a twelve game sample one two three four double digit scoring performances out of twelve games, um, and two of those came in the last two. So maybe the, the, he's trending upwards and sort of figuring out how to get his shot together and score more. I'm just not excited about his – he's probably the worst scorer among the four is what I'm going to say. Oh, After, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that definitely. He's the worst scorer among the four, but he also has the – needs the, the fewest amount of points to pay off the price tag. Yeah, he's so. a, a $1,500 discount, which is why I said if you need a cheapie, you know, he's kind of the guy down there at this point who I would be looking at. But that pretty much sums up shooting guard for me. I mean, that's everybody that, yeah, we went, you know, I kind of have on my short list. Right. We went top end, um, super value plays, and then all the way cheap to, to Gary Harris if you feel like, uh, to me, G- Gary Harris GPP only. 
is what I will oh, say. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm not playing him in cash. No, yeah, definitely not. Uh, the, the difference here is I think you could actually make a case for Will Barton. I feel more comfortable with Hood in, ca- in, G- in GPPs than cash games. And then we talked about Burke just being the, actually the top projected guy. So if you want to go either way with him, um, given that price tag, which we have at 5400 I'm okay with that as well. You know, I, I wouldn't like hate it if you used him in cash. But, um, the, uh, you know, probably when you have these situations where it's a little bit of the timeshare, um, I feel more comfortable in, on the GPP side than the cash side. Sort of just depends on how your, your roster ends up shaking out and where you need to save value. All right. Shooting guard was, that was long and involved, but I think yes. we did a good job breaking, you know, we went fairly like level two, level three here with just, you know, mm-hmm. as to exactly how far we can separate a, a, you know, or break a tie with you know who's going to be in your lineup and why. Mm. So, and I mean the other good thing too is that there's not much to talk about in shooting guard. So, I mean <laughs> at small at small forward, right. so we we don't have to spend too much time on this one. All right, fair enough. Uh, before we dive into small forward, want to just let people know here, all you beloved pod listeners, that if we were talking about the projections that we've been mentioning, digging into these prices, the game logs, uh, the the over unders, all the numbers, um, price per dollar. Uh, you, you you want to take a look at that stuff. You want to get involved. You can do it for free on rotowire.com. Just go to rotowire.com slash pod. You get a 10-day free trial, access to all the projections, all the numbers that Benny and I are using on each and every show to break down all uh, the, the top options for you in your matchups. So take advantage of it. Check it out. No cost. It's free trial uh, for, for 10 days. Rotowire.com slash pod. Enjoy all the fantasy projections and the optimizers that they have for NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, and soccer. And um, ask questions. We're here to help you out um, all, all along the way. And just, you know, as a quick reference point, too, we, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, players – in you know and and like i guess like price per dollar is sort of what we haven't mentioned too much but it's it's like a a very easy sort so just as a quick reference for thursday's um games here i wish i wonder if i can switch over to friday here uh probably not yet but uh dwayne wade uh with a sixty seven hundred dollar salary is worth um 4.85 uh you know points per dollar is how that breaks down, and they have a nice little chart that you can sort by and give you the projected points and the and the projected value. And usually, those two things match up. Dwayne Wade projected for thirty two and a half points on Thursday, and you know at sixty seven hundred, that's four point eight five fantasy points per dollar spent. And usually, mm-hmm. those things are right in line. It's a, it's a great way for you to sort of uh, line up the plays and find value. So make sure you check yeah. that out. Uh, Rotowire.com slash pod. All right, uh, small forward Benny, what do you got for me? Well, I'm not going to be paying up for Melo, and I don't think I, I love Kawhi in this spot either. So the first guy who kind of sticks out to me is going to be Nick Batum. Um, again, I said I'm going to be picking on that Philly team all year. Those guys seem to be putting up huge numbers against them. So Batum, you know, whether you look at the small forward against Indiana last night being C.J. Miles or whether you look at it as being uh, Paul George, both of those guys went absolutely crazy. So I think this is a really good spot for Batum up top. He had one bad game in the last couple, and people are, like, cursing the guy. Mm-hmm. But he bounced right back last night with another, you know, 37, 40 fantasy points, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which basically puts him right in line with his price tag. So he's the first guy that I'm going to be looking at. Um, after that, it, You're talking about Batum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, he, I was. I just wanted to quickly chime in here. Philadelphia. We've always talked about stacking. Um. You know. And we don't. I don't create heavy. Uh, uh, a heavy amount of stacking in any of my lineups. 
for cash or GPPs. I just try to go with optimal plays and you know and the best pivots that I can create for GPPs. But when you see Philly on the roster, you can make a case for two or three guys against them, and they're you know dead last uh, in fantasy points a lot. As you know, no surprise to anybody with them with a winless record and them sort of rotating players uh, in and out of the lineup. Forty seven point eight one is by far the most fancy points allowed to any small forward. So that just hundred and ten percent supports your case for Nick Patum as your top option at small forward. Yep. And then, I mean, moving on, excuse me, moving on down from there, it gets a little bit dicey. A couple guys who I'm looking at in that mid range, Mm -hmm. uh, Al Farouk Amino has been pretty good going up against the Clippers. Uh, Clippers wing players, wing defense against the Clippers has been something that, you know, we've been picking on for a couple years. It might have gotten a little bit better with Lance Stevenson, but, you know, you still got guys that they're rolling in there like Paul Pierce and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been putting up decent numbers. I wanted to actually get your opinion on something that we hadn't seen in a while, but after watching a little bit of that Nets game the other day, I think we're starting to see it come back. And that is, uh, you know, the old ISO Joe offense where they basically just give the ball to Joe Johnson on the wing and everybody stands on the other side of the floor and he, you know, get some shots up. It worked out pretty well at the beginning of that game yesterday. He had like a quick 10 points, and then I don't think he finished with a huge game, but he's still pretty cheap, and if they're going to be doing that for stretches of time, you know, Joe Johnson's always been a guy who can put points up, so he can put up 20 or 30 real-life points in a minute, and, you know, well, not in a minute, but, you know, pretty quickly, and, uh, you know, that could wind up getting him a pretty nice fantasy score, so how do you feel about him at the 5K range? I like them at the 5K range. That's the price. You know, I need a discount on Joe Johnson because... Oh, yeah, I yeah, agree. Right, he's been a, a like, bona fide check stealer for off and on for the last three seasons. So, you know, but if you take a look at what he's done, last two games he pays off 5X at, at 5.3, uh, and it's, it's not overwhelming performances. It's 28 and 38 fantasy points, but he does pop up with, you know negatives here with like you know just 15 fancy points against golden state which you would have thought at least he would have got some volume you know mm-hmm. against a, a game with a big total where they didn't get blown out it was 99 to 107 and well, he still he still took a lot of shots in that game the problem is they didn't make any <laughs> yeah well that's the other problem too is like golden state i is it's crazy i don't know if they're still ranked this way but to start the season i imagine they've still got to be close first in offense and first in defense which is insane just literally mm-hmm. insane. You don't never usually you play at too fast of a pace, even when you are a good defensive team, to still be ranked in the top five or top ten, and that's just not yeah. the case. So yeah, the, the, I treat Golden State in a lot of spots like I treat the San Antonio Spurs. So you can throw that line out, and he gets back to double digits. That's the only single digit performance in the in the last five. But having said that, I think it's just GPP only for me with uh with Joe Johnson, just given the, his age, and you know the fact that it's on the road. Boston is a is a better than average defense, and I sort of prefer somebody like Damari Carroll. Um, who you can still get for not too much more um, than Joe Johnson. You only have to go up to 5600 as of yesterday's prices for Damari Carroll. Um, and, you know, not a great performance for him, uh, even though I picked him against Utah. Maybe that was just a mistake because I thought I could pick on Gordon Hayward, but the overall defense with Rudy Gobert is just maybe too much to overcome. And so he throws up a dud. But before that, he put up 35 fantasy points, um, you know, 35.5 against a paced up Golden State team. So he did what we thought would, you know, have the potential to do. But what I really want to do is just target Kobe as often as possible. 
if he's going to be in that lineup. And if he's not going to be that lineup, the Lakers don't have a ton of depth behind him there as well. So if you're looking for a spot for um, DeMar to count to, to bounce back, I feel actually comfortable with him going back to the well and picking him again on Friday um, against the Lakers. I'm just taking a look at the depth chart here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Ryan Kelly and Metal World Peace? Like 47-year-old <laughs> Metal World Peace? Yes. This DeMar Carroll all the way for me. Uh, you're not going to be able to talk me off of him in the value price section if we're not using Nicholas Batum. So. Okay. Well, can I actually talk you off of him and somebody who's even cheaper that can give you better bang for your buck? You, yeah. You don't have to talk me off of him. You can just say, okay. let's create another lineup with this guy. Okay. Okay. So then let's create another lineup and let's discuss Jeff Green right now. All right. I like it. Because Jeff Green right now is like thirty four, thirty five hundred dollars. Again, oh I feel like his I feel like his price is gonna come up a little bit, but uh-huh. he has been inserted into the starting lineup. He has seen I mean, let me double check here. I think he's seen thirty minutes in the last three games. He's put up about thirty fantasy points in average in each of those games, mm-hmm. and he's done it at thirty two, thirty four, and thirty five hundred. So unless his price goes up I mean, even if his price goes up to 4K for this game, if he's giving you 30 points, that's over seven times value. So you're getting more than seven points per dollar out of him. You know, for for that price, I think he's definitely somebody that's in play. And they're playing Houston, which is a paced-up game for Memphis. So, you know, you could even expect him to kind of outperform his averages a little bit. All right, you win. I thought I had a really good one to go in against Kobe for 5,500 with the, with my boy, the Swiss Army Knife. But this is ridiculous here. Okay, tw- 29 minutes or more in the last mm-hmm. three games. 8.5x is the floor for this price. So this is stealing right now with Jeff Green. I can't. Yeah. Okay, you win. All right, that's this is, it is a much better play. Well, we all win. Everybody right. listening here is going to win if, okay. if his price stays at this, you know, at I'm this level. I'm excited about this play, to be honest with yeah. you. Because, yeah, this is an amazing play. Jeff Green, we know that he's capable of doing stuff like this. And Memphis needs a score. Um, Marcus Hall hasn't been performing like he has in seasons past as their regular guy. And you, we know that everybody is like the ceiling for everybody is 20 points. Nobody ever blows up for 37 against Memphis. But if you see Jeff Green scoring 20 and, and, and chipping with five point five four rebounds here, a couple of assists and some steals and some blocks, he's a guy who can do everything, including hit threat and hit trays for 3,500. Um, yeah, you, you have a shot. I think he gets 10x if he goes for 35 fantasy points, which well, isn't I that mean, much. I, I truly believe that the price is going to be higher. I think that it should. after these three games, they're going to adjust it. He should be over 4K. But again, even if he's 4K, you know, if he's going to get you 30 fantasy points, which has been his average the last three games. And remember, this is a paced up game, so he could even outperform his averages. He's still getting you seven times value. So really, even at 4K, it's still a steal. Yeah, and just sort of as a reference point, I like to just use this as a cheat sheet in the game logs in our projections here. Um, at forty eight hundred, let's just say the price went all the way up to forty hundred, which I don't think will happen. Okay, but and he, if he scored thirty one and a half fantasy points, that's six and a half x, and you yep. love that still. All right, mm-hmm. so that's that's super super reasonable. He's hit that the last two games, thirty points and thirty three point seventy five, and he's in the thirty five hundred range. So if you know for some magic reason he went all the way up to forty eight and he did the same thing he did the last two games, you got six and a half x, and you're sitting pretty. You're sitting pretty in cash, and you're and you're loving it in GPPs. So and and you now have a way with his price being that cheap to get whoever the stud that you want to get in your in your lineup is. Yeah, it is not often that we are able to say. Um, you have a shot at 10x on on a guy right now, and usually the window stays small 
for that when when it is possible. So the minutes got so low, and he actually had like a zero point performance, a five, an eight, and a six. There was just a string of duds from him coming off the bench. And Jeff Green, uh, Jeff Green is a streaky guy, by the way. So I love this play. I'm all in. I'm 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 switching to 100% exposure. And you know, uh, Damari Carroll will be my GPP pivot if I just happen to save some cash with some of these other value plays that that I come across. So excellent call for you, sir. Let's end the conversation there. Because we can't do better than Jeff Green for thirty. Mike drop, Mike drop, yes. Mike drop on small forwards. We're good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, power forward time here. Um, did, did we? Is DraftKings the site where they made the switch to Demarcus Cousins? That Demarcus Cousins, by the way, is not on the slate for Friday. But is, is this the site where they? Yes, actually... he's he's power forward at uh, at DraftKings now. Okay, okay, fair enough. I just wanted to get that straight for for the future shows and articles that I have coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Brow probably. Um, may I guess he's listed as questionable. I, I will say this: starting off the top, if he doesn't play, Ryan Anderson becomes the auto play for me. One hundred percent agree with you there. Do you play the other question now that everybody's going to ask? Is do you play Brow if he isn't? No, not against San Antonio. Yeah, I, and that's exactly my answer too. Is like not with the uncertainty, not with him getting blown on and having to go sit out for you know three quarters. And not against San Antonio. So for me, the only thing that makes any sense in this game to look at, if he's out, I think Ryan Anderson is a play. And he's not even a huge play because San Antonio is a pretty good defense. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Are you um, ready to jump, at least for GPPs, on the Chris Stapp's Porzingis train where he comes with 46 fantasy points in a game against Charlotte for 7.9x? Now, what do you <laughs> think his price – well, let me ask this question. Like, Where do you think his price is going to go? All right, let's let's think about this here. Okay, um, I don't really think you need to make well because it's already steadily increased, and he's mm-hmm. been getting you know closer to thirty minutes as of the last week or so, um, mm-hmm. and he's been in double double territory already. So I don't really feel like oh man, you got to shift it far upward, you know, because he's got to have a couple thirty point performances. So let's just tack let's I don't know tack three four hundred on the price. All right, so I mean at like sixty two sixty three. You're looking at needing like 36 points out of him, which I don't think is crazy. I don't think it's asking like too much. He's basically done that a couple times in the last few games. He seems to be getting a little more confident, but OKC does have Serge Ibaka, who's a pretty good power forward. So Ibaka's not really an easy matchup for guys. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's a couple other guys that I'm looking at here that I think I'd rather use. Okay. You know, kind of at the same price tag, too. I mean, honestly, he's looked pretty good. Yes. It's just he's a he's a rookie. And one thing that I always think about rookies, it doesn't matter what sport it is, is one thing you can count on a rookie to be is be inconsistent. So, yeah, we know that he has this ceiling. So, to me, it's a GPP play because, yes, he could blow up for 40, but he could just as easily have an absolute horrid game where he winds up with, like, 14 fantasy points for you. Yeah, you know, and that's without the track record and without seeing him all that often, we just don't know that. All right, fair enough. I think that's a, a excellent way to approach it. All right, um, let's go ahead and move forward here. How um, how many other plays that we need to so, sort of consider here? Thaddeus Young, your boy that we previously mentioned yeah. here, um, does it again? This for- is this is the range I think you got to look at. I don't think you really want anything towards the top. Would you, is there anybody at the top that you like? Because I don't really like anybody. I'm looking down in this range to be honest. Um, you know what? I think Blake Griffin 
if that's a guy that you wanted to anchor with against Portland because you know their power forward situation is such a mess yeah. that you could you could definitely get value. I could see him going for another 60 burger against Portland. So if you you want to pay the 9k and you want to go up in value, I I I think it's probably an excellent play. He's got a top 3 projection on the day. So that's fine. I don't want to use Derek Favors against Dallas um nope. just because and you know what I'll, I'll say this Derek Favors is cash game safe. Okay, but you know, if we're going to make a cash game play, um, we just talked about some other guys that we that, that we can you know make a strong case for, like the Ryan Andersons, uh, uh, if if he's out. And there's a couple other spots you can sort of pay like even further down, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and and save more cash uh, than than him personally. But he's in that spot right there where um, I don't. The price is rising. He's up to seventy six hundred, and um, th- isn't a guy who is going to typically have like 60 point upside he's done it once against miami yeah. and D- i'll tell you this dallas is the team to to actually target so i understand why he has a top three projection overall i just would rather um you know go go with uh with blake griffin overall because i don't tr- i don't think well i'm no i'm sure that blake griffin is a much much better scorer overall than Derek favors so mm-hmm. that, that's something else that you need to pay attention to and if you had to ask me what this um total is going to be uh, between like the the Clippers Portland game and the Dallas Utah game, it's going to be much higher uh, with with, the, with uh, Blake Griffin in. Which is actually a key point that I think people fail to realize is sometimes they'll build the roster and be like, "Well, I had a whole bunch of guys who you know seemed like really good value plays," but then you look at it and you're like, "I wound up with four guys in my roster from the lowest total game of the day." You know, like there's a reason why these guys on Utah are all priced a little bit cheaper than you would expect them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like people loved Gobert last night at 6,700, but you got to remember every game that Utah plays in them and the team on the other side is probably going to underperform what the average is for most games in the NBA that night. Yeah. So if you're going to have guys with less possessions, less touches, less shots, less rebounds, less assists, that also means less fantasy points. So there's a reason why a lot of these guys are cheap. It's all right if you put one or two of them in your roster, but you know when the price starts creeping up on some of them, it, it doesn't always make sense to use them unless you can guarantee that the game is going to be paced up, which it almost never is when Utah's involved. Yeah, you can value town yourself out of a cash in a fifty-fifty GPP or in a fifty-fifty game, and so uh, you know by by saying all oh, these guys are all presented great values, but they were great values with a ceiling of about thirty fantasy points. And you mm-hmm. look at your lineup, and you you end up with something like two hundred and ten points or two hundred and twenty points, and you try to figure out why, you know, you just missed a cash point or something else like that. Because you still need guys who can sort of get you into the forty plus point range um, in different spots in your lineup. And um, you know, when you do things like that and, and cap some of those uh, opportunities, like playing Utah players, um, y- you can hurt yourself. I would much rather get in the mix. Um, with with that young at sixty one hundred than I would yeah. uh, for Derek Favors at seventy seven. Yeah, I mean, so. and we didn't even really talk about that because we we kind of went off and started making a couple other points. But uh-huh. this is the last four games that this guy's had. He's had thirty one, fifty, forty, and forty fantasy points, uh-huh. and he's done it at six k or less. Right. So at that point, you're looking at like six, seven, eight times value on some of these games. You know. Again, I mean, he's rebounding. He's he's scoring right now a lot, which is really the thing that's kind of jumped up. You know, earlier in the year, he was getting 10, 11, 12 points. Now he's getting 16, 18, 26, 27. And he's still giving you those, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 rebounds that he's been giving you. He adds in a couple steals. He adds in a couple assists. You know, he does a little bit of everything on, on that side. Nothing, like, spectacular. But, 
you know, a couple points. And he's still really, really cheap right now. So if you're going to get a guy that's playing, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game and he's going to be able to score, you know, 16 to 25 points mm-hmm. and still give you the, the rebounds and the assists and the other stats, you know, he's definitely somebody that I'm still going to be rolling out there again. I think he's in a really good spot. Yeah, I, I agree with you there as well. So, and I'm, you know what, be, because we have such a big Friday slate, I think what I'm going to do is stay away from the Belitzas and Dwight Powells and, you know, some of the other guys that you can, you can sort of, you know, potentially meet value on, like Luis mm-hmm. Scola, who, you know, put up 7x with 22 and 5 last game. But, you know, if you take a look at the three games previously, that six points, three points, nine points scored for, um, you know, 10 to 13 total fantasy points. So we don't need to really mess around and try to save some extra cash by getting too cute here. When you have these guys who are rainmakers when they've been in the lineup, like Ryan Anderson without Anthony Davis, like Thad Young, and mm-hmm. like Blake Griffin up at the top. So um, yep. uh, I think we're in total agreement there. Yeah, that's I'm pretty much going, if I don't play Blake, I'm going in that mid-range right there for a couple plays. I'm not going any further down from that. There's really nothing I like. And Blake is probably the best guy to pay up for if that's who you decide you want to pay up for at that spot. Absolutely. All right, before we move on to the center position, I want to let you know that if you're start staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team, but your sp- fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Mello, Trout versus A-Rod. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges are even easier. No Halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the nfl nba mlb nhl college football college basketball and other sports join today and get started real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you visit nohalftime.com for more information and download the no halftime app for your iphone and android device receive a bonus by entering the promo code rotowire at sign up no halftime with a fantasy sports season never takes a break all right we are back from our break and we're talking about centers what do you got for me for cash and gpps Okay, um, I'm a huge Andre Drummond fan. I mean, this guy has been a stud this year. He's coming up with not just big rebounding games. Like, he's not just getting double-digit rebounds. He's getting 15, 18, 20, 19. You know, he's putting up big numbers, and he's scoring about 20 points every game too. So, you know, Barbara Walters or whatever other random, you know, 2020 joke anybody wants to make about it, if he's going to be putting up close to 20 and 20, he's definitely somebody that I'm going to be considering. So even below 10K, I think that he has earned the right to be, you know, up there a, a, a little bit below some of the studs. I think his price should be like around like the 94, 95 range. But if he keeps putting up good value at the 94, 95 range, I understand why they're raising it up. I don't know if I feel like paying the same amount for him as I do for, you know, some of the other studs that we can get at other positions. But the way he has played, he has basically justified the price increase. So he is definitely my number one center on the board if I have the money to spend up on him. All right. I like that play. That makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. The only question is, um, you know, uh, how, how what you're going to do in terms of cost because he's, you know, 10K and we, you know, we've talked about a number of options that we need to, to spend up at, at the top. So let's just do a quick review here. If you have Russell Westbrook and you have Andre Drummond at 10K, do you feel like you can still make your cash game lineup work? Or do we have to no. come off of that? Probably not because right. those two guys alone would be 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say you add one of the $6,000 power forwards. You know, you can get, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could because if you can get Jeff Green at 3400 mm-hmm. that means you have 1800 left for four spots. No, 
No, no. I'm going to just go ahead and say no right now because yeah. you'd basically wind up putting filling out your roster with min, min you know, price players yeah. like like Barton Hood, a min price forward and a, and another min price utility player somewhere. Yeah. So unless you get some great value that opens up somewhere, like if Ricky Rubio's out and you can throw a 3k Levine in there to give you like 5k to spend at those other three positions or 6k. Mhm. You know, I, I really don't see how you do it. You've just put yourself firmly into GPP territory with all these sketchy plays. So Right, yeah. exactly. That's exactly the problem. Right. So we we have to say no for cash on Drummond if you're using Russell Westbrook, unless you come up with some awesome injury updates that you really feel great that open up some safe cash game plays. So you're going to have to be forced into a choice. If you want to go Drummond, fine. I don't think it's really necessarily recommended to fade Westbrook at this point, especially since he's not into the 13K range yet. So um, let's go ahead and move forward. How how far down can we slide down here and still feel good about our center plays? Well, I'm going to be honest. I don't really like Marcus All. He hasn't been playing that great, so I don't think I would put him in there. Uh-huh. Um, we'll get back to Brook Lopez in a second. Gobert is not somebody I've been playing lately. I'm not a huge fan of DeAndre Jordan. Um, I, I like Towns, but I I think Drummond is going to be you know, chewing up a lot of those rebounds. So I think it's going to be a tougher matchup for him. Mm-hmm. I normally don't play guys against Memphis, so I don't like Dwight Howard. I have um, a very so, good play for you. Okay, I was going to say, Lopez is the best one I've got to so far. There's a couple guys below him, like Sullinger and Bogut, who I like. But mm-hmm. who who are you thinking of? I want Al Jefferson against Philly here. We talked about the Charlotte stack. Al Jefferson has gotten to a very reasonable price. He's 6K. Uh, Benny, you know, come come down from wow. some sixty nine hundred, and he goes for eighteen and eight. That's thirty four fantasy points along with the two assists and two blocks. That's five point seven k. That's cash safe. All right, and you know he's put up a forty point. He's put up two forty point games, um, and you know in November here. So he has enough GPP upside for me uh, as well. If you want to anchor your lineup, so you know, but dropping down to six k and then using a guy like Barton using a guy like Jeff Green is really going to op- open up some opportunity for you maybe to get to Blake Griffin at the power forward position or for yeah. you to do some a couple other different things, uh, you know, uh, like a higher grade player in your, your utility. So that's going to be the, my personal target. I'm always looking for the, you know, the, the best level of success you can have. Um, and the Sixers are what, what looks like bottom eight, bottom nine and, you know, um, uh, fancy points allowed to opposing centers so um that makes a lot of sense and um for whatever reason too they're doing some weird things with like nerland's noel so i'm, I'm not totally under- yeah I, i'm i don't know what they're doing either like they weren't gonna start him the other day they're limiting his minutes i mean i i don't really understand it myself either way i i, I think that you know you can always be fairly safe and especially at 6k targeting um um you know that that Philly defense overall. Uh, from what I can tell, it looks like he Al Jefferson would be getting Jared um, Jill Okafor on defense and not Nerlens Noel. So that's a boost to his value overall as well because we know mm-hmm. he's not a a, ter- a terribly good defender. That's no. a play that I'm definitely interested in here as well. Yeah. Now now let me let me ask you this question because there's another guy at six K two and Jared Sellinger. How do you look at the two of them against each other? Because Sellinger's been pretty good lately too. Sollinger's been solid. The only problem I have with with, with Sollinger is he to me makes a little bit more sense as a cash gameplay overall. Because what I want I mean the double doubles are great, so you're getting bonuses all over the place with Jared Sollinger. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I think he has you know he's done actually a fairly good job shot blocking, but I feel like he doesn't have the the overall um, upside that um, Al Jefferson is because like I, I don't remember the yeah, last time. I agree. I'm looking yeah I'm looking at here 
Gerald Sollinger did not score 30 points one game last season. At least you know you have 30-point upside with without Jefferson in, in a really good matchup, and this could be the game against Philly. So I feel like the ceiling is, is higher, personally. Are, are you with me on that? No, I, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, actually, after you said that and I started looking at his game locked, I, I really actually like that play as well with, he, without Jefferson. I will tell you what, though. Cash safe for, for Jared Sellinger, for sure. So and mm-hmm. and you're and you're safe with Al Jefferson in both spots, but I would much rather play against Jalil Okafor than Brook Lopez, who's actually been defending yeah. like pretty decently for um for, for the center position. But it has it's, they still center they still allowed a, a a pretty good amount. They're still bottom five in in fantasy points allowed to centers, which is weird to me because he's this, I think this is the highest shot blocking rate he's had, you know, um, on the season. So I don't really know I, I understand it, but you know, there's a reason Brook Lopez has been. Uh, and Brooklyn has been losing a bunch of games. Uh, I know we're running out of time here. I just want to quickly offer up one home run GPP play here. Um, and um, listen, this is an absolute stab in the dark, okay? But this is why it's called a home run GPP play. But if you take a look at – how do you feel about 16.6X, <laughs> Benny? That, 16.6X is good. I, I would like that. Who are we talking about talking here? About Who am I missing? The min price, Nikola Jokic against San Antonio, rolls off the bench, said, tells J.J. Hickson to take a seat because I'm about to double-double on the Spurs here. 23-12 and 12 with two steals and three blocks in 31 yeah. minutes off the bench. All right, I don't know wh- where this came from, okay? I don't know if it's any part repeatable, but at 3K at the center position, I'm having a share in my GPP somewhere because that's crazy and it happened against the Spurs. And, um, you know, this, and he's a young guy with upside. All right, 2014 second round draft pick. Uh, so th- th- I just want to put him on the people's radar. Don't blame me if he doesn't do anything. He, the, the best thing about him is he can't burn you for much because he's basically yeah. been min salary or close to all season long. So there you go. So there you go. If you want to play Drummond and Westbrook, that's the other guy that you put in your utility spot at. Uh, oh, no, he's power forward. So you could actually just put him in a power forward spot and then, you know, still have money to spend elsewhere. Was so it, there you go. I had him listed as um, in the – wasn't I looking in the center spot? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they – you know what? He's he's listed in the center spot, but they actually have him on his profile as power forward. So I'm not really sure where he is in the in the player pool. You guys are going to have to search it out. He could be a center. He could be power forward. If he's center, then you got to use him in utility if you want to – you know, fit in drumming with them or something like that. All right, fair enough. So I think we've nailed down all the top options for the Friday slate. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget you can subscribe to the RotoWire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience. Please leave us a friendly review and a rating. Um, let, let your friends know that you enjoy the show. Um, you can always follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Saturday Combo Show.